podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Today, we're going to talk about birthdays and birthday gifts, Ryan. We're going to talk about gifting experiences. We're going to talk about our favorite consumables to give as a gift. Yeah, man. And we're going to talk about when it's appropriate to give physical gifts. You know, it was Bex's birthday this past week. What'd you get her? Well, it was. I asked. I asked Ella in the morning. Like we all woke up. We, I let her sleep in. It was. A, that's a birthday gift, right? Um, <laughs> Otherwise, you're like got pots and pans over her head, <laughs> dumping water on her, waking her up. Well, Ella kind of is. That that's her. That's her mo. Thankfully, Ella uh, sleeps in too. Yeah. But I asked Ella in the morning. And I said, "Hey, how old's your mom today?" Because she's like, "Hey, it's it's mom's birthday." I'm like, "Shh, I know. Let's let her sleep a little bit longer." I said, "How old's your mom today?" She goes, "I don't know. Ask Siri." <laughs> That's great. Before we dive into these questions, I want, and, and before we talk about the our birthday experience this past week, I want a gift from our audience, Ryan. I'm asking them for a gift. Okay. I feel it's polite sometimes to, to let people know what you want, right? But you already have enough tie clips. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have enough. Zero. <laughs> The, the thing that I want to ask for, and we usually ask for this once or twice a year. It's like uh, it's like a birthday gift and a Christmas gift kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't if your birth, birthday's on Christmas, do you think that would have been like simultaneously awful and great as I mean, a kid? I mean, as a Jehovah's Witness, it didn't matter. Yeah, you didn't have gifts. <laughs> right. It might have been better because it was only one day that I couldn't celebrate. It wasn't multiple <laughs> days a year. <laughs> yeah, and so um, the gift I'm asking for is uh, we want a review from from you all. We only ask for this once or twice a year. In fact, last year we didn't ever we didn't ask a single time. Mm. I don't think in 2018, and the reason this is important is twofold. One is I think most of us suck at leaving reviews yeah. on stuff. Now last year I re- it was my New Year's resolution. I resolved to review more, yeah. and that went really well for about nine months, and then. Mm. All of a sudden, I fell back into my old patterns of not participating in the review process. It's, well, the only time I'm going to leave a review mostly, like 90% of the time, it's when I have a really bad experience. Right. But when you have a really good experience, that's... A, you should equally, be motivated. Right. Yeah. And but so, it is about 10% of the time where like, I was at Voda Spot and the owner was there. Uh-huh. And he was talking about all the bad reviews. And I was like, I don't even know why I haven't given you a good review yet. I'm like, I love this place. Like, It's, it's a really awesome experience. And... I can't think of anything else that you could add to this place that would create a more meaningful experience. But Mm -hmm. like it took me talking to the owner (laughs) to realize like, oh, yeah, like I need to give you some props on on the social medias. Well, I'm talking to the owner right now, the owner of this podcast, Ryan Nicodemus. (laughs) And I'm letting you know, Ryan Nicodemus, uh, I can't leave a a review here. But what I'm going to do is review at least three podcasts this week. Uh, I'm going to go review uh, your mom's house podcast just because I love the name. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to review your mom's house, Ryan. Okay. Christina P is hilarious. Also, her husband uh, Tom Segura is pretty funny. Yeah. And they did a podcast together. Also, the Cultural Gab Fest. There's one person on there who makes it an outstanding listening experience for me. Her name's Julia Turner. 
Um, and and I really enjoy that. So I'm going to go leave reviews on those this week, and I'll find one other podcast. Probably Sam Harris's podcast, The Waking Up Podcast, is really solid, yeah. intellectually dense. But there are a bunch of podcasts I enjoy listening to. If you enjoy this podcast, would you consider giving us the gift of a review? And that gift is best given on Apple Podcasts. That's the platform most people listen to. So even if you're like me and you listen to this podcast on on Overcast, that's where I listen to my podcast, or maybe you listen to my Feedly or Spotify or somewhere else, if you can go over to Apple Podcasts and just leave us a review, it does help because that helps more people find out about our show. When you get positive yeah. reviews, it starts triggering the algorithms and it puts us on recommended lists so other people can find out how to live a meaningful life And most important, with less. we're looking for honest reviews. Yeah. You know, don't fluff it up tell us how you really feel yeah and, yeah. and um, I mean ultimately I'd love for you to give us five stars but if you hate the show first off why are you listening <laughs> why are you still subscribed uh, but yeah we, we're obviously not looking for a whole bunch of fluff be honest be sincere take three minutes leave us a review we would really appreciate it and we'll keep this podcast 100% advertisement free alright our first question today is from Bale in Phoenix I was just calling to ask about um Gift giving, I know we've talked a lot about, um, you guys have talked a lot about gift receiving, um, but I'm just curious. I know that there's a lot of expectations surrounding holidays and birthdays for my family personally, and it's a little frustrating for me because I have trouble um, finding gifts for my family and friends that do add value to their lives, but they still kind of have this expectation. How would you go about communicating that? I can tell you with, with Bex's birthday this past week, I'll, I'll go through that experience. But I think what Bale's looking for is like sort of the easy answer here. And for me, if I have to give, if I feel compelled to give a physical gift, it's often a consumable. It's not always a consumable. Mm -hmm. I'm not allergic to handing out a physical gift. Yeah. I guess what I'm allergic to is the the idea of obligation. Yeah, the obligatory gifts. I mean, uh, Bale's question, it kind of sounded like she asked, how do I tell my friends and family I can't, I'm not able to buy you anything that adds value to your life. Uh. That is, um, I, I would say that's the wrong approach because there's certainly something out there that can add value to their lives. Maybe it is a consumable, maybe it's an experience. Right. But ultimately, like if you really want to add the most value with a gift, ask your friends and family what they want. Yeah, maybe, and if, maybe what you're saying there is like, if you're, what, what you're saying, Ryan, is like, I don't know what's going to add value to your life. Maybe that means I don't know you as well as I should know you. And if I maybe. can get to know you a little bit better, then I can figure out what would add value to your life. Yeah, and like, if you're asking a week before their birthday, that's too late. Like, you need to start digging into it a week after their birthday for the following birthday. Right. And like, start start finding out what you can get that is going to add value to their lives. But like a few things I wrote down is like you can cook them a meal, you can bake them a cake or some cookies, you can get them some rare chocolate. Like there, what chocolate is that, that on, on Amazon that's like 20 bucks a bar? Uh, you talking about fruition? Yeah. I think it's so, only nine or 10 now. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's really like, good. It's like this, I'll buy it like a couple times a year. Put a link to that in the show notes, Sean. Yeah, fruition's so good. So like you, you can buy some rare chocolate, Um, some kind of unique international foods, man. Someone sent us, and I hope they're listening right now, uh, they sent us like some onion relish, like pickled onion relish from Scotland or from Ireland or something. Mm -hmm. it, was, I've, I, it's, it was out of this world and I've not been able to find it since. But like what an amazing gift. Like Mariah and I, like it was pretty much like onion jam. 
<laughs> two of Josh's favorite things. Oh, no. <laughs> it was surprisingly awesome, though. But I mean, but but getting something cool and unique like that, like I really appreciated that. Yeah. It wasn't my birthday or anything. They just you know sent it because they were a fan. But uh, but yeah, go out of your way to do something unique. Maybe that's another uh, approach you can take too. One yeah. of the things that we did this past week with Bex's birthday is we pretty much sell. It was also it, it coincided with Ella's spring break, mm-hmm. which can be mind numbing because like it's the the trio of us just trying to navigate Ella's interests. Oh, dude, we went to the Natural History Museum. We did that on Bex's birthday itself, so that was <laughs> that was one experience that yeah. we had. We had a bunch of, I mean, we gifted a bunch of experiences. I didn't really gift her consumables, but I also avoid obligation or obligatory gifts on the day itself because I, I think the better day, and we wrote about this in our, in our book, Essential. There's an entire chapter on, on gift giving in there, but I think the better day to give someone a gift is today yeah it's it's not well i'm gonna wait until uh march 28th or december 25th or whatever the day is because then there's an expectation and and so what we did is uh there was about two weeks before that uh bex has been shopping for a um she's been shopping on ebay for this denim jacket that she and she keeps Mm. getting outbid on anytime she's like i find one i i think i'll really enjoy that one it's just you outbidding her every time it is (laughs) 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 what i'm gonna do with all of these like small (laughs) denim jackets they they look strange on me but what what happened is is eventually she's like i'm tired of dealing with this process on ebay so can you take me to over to the grove to get a Ooh, denim jacket. Grove. And so I did that. It was several weeks before just because she wanted to go and she found the jacket she was looking for. But while she was there, we were in the store. She found this really nice jacket. It was like a leather jacket that, that she wanted. And it was it was relatively expensive. It was more than the denim jacket. And so and she, I could tell she really liked it. And But we left because it was an expensive jacket. Yeah. And... I went back there a few days later and, and bought the jacket and then like waited till the week of her birthday. But specific- you and Bex are like little jacket sluts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and so what I did was um, I, I, I bought the jacket, but I didn't want to give it to her on her birthday mm. because then it just feels like here's another birthday gift. Mm. And so what I did is I went and bought Ella a gift as well. And so like the Monday, random Monday before Bex's birthday. Yeah. I just gave Ella this gift. It was like a, a this puzzle that you know she I knew she would really enjoy. And then and I got her a card and I got Bex a card and I got her that jacket and they're all wrapped up and they're just like in the morning sitting out on the coffee table. Yeah. And uh, actually it was the night before they were sitting out mm. on, on the coffee table. And so I gave also a different gift here and and I noticed this with Ella. She really pre- appreciates it. It's the gift of anticipation. Mm. And part of the thing that's especially for kids is that they don't know exactly what they're getting. It's the reason Christmas is so sort of magical and mysterious. Is like all of a sudden there's gifts under the tree or or there's a tree there and they're waiting for gifts to be put under it. Yeah. And anticipation in and of itself is a gift. And I didn't have to wait for her birthday to give her that gift, but or to even create the anticipation. You can uh, I'll give you another example, hmm. and uh, she doesn't know about this yet, but this episode won't be out by the, in two days. So um, this Thursday I'm taking her to the Ames house, um, and. I just told her, hey, we have a surprise Thursday morning. It's a gift and it's an experience, but it's not because there's a particular day. It's just, yeah. I think you would find value in this. I'm not going to wait until your birthday or for Valentine's Day or sweetest day yeah. or Christmas or what are the other holidays? I'm not going to wait for those. But that said, we did want to celebrate. 
we wanted to celebrate her her birthday so her birthday week really so we did a bunch of sort of experiences we went to get ramen noodles at tatsu which ella really loves mm -hmm. uh the gift of inclusion like including ella with these things makes ella happier but also that makes bex happier just the the idea of uh, of us doing things as a family we went out to look at the super bloom i know you you did that as well i didn't have to wait for her birthday to do it but mm -hmm. it was like hey it's the week of your birthday and so like we get to protract your birthday in a way uh we took ella to the beach which actually ended up not working out because it was 65 and 20 degree winds and ella was freezing we were freezing and so we ended up just going up to the pier in santa monica and riding the roller coaster and playing the fair games and and, and all that stuff and it was a lot of fun but those are often things we do when it's not a birthday. Yeah, I'd rather create meaningful experiences consistently than waiting for a time when I'm obligated to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree and I disagree with you. And the reason being is, is if someone wants a gift on their birthday, yeah, like the birth, it's the birthday is about them. Yes, it's about their preferences. Right, it's about what they want. It's making a day, setting aside. Uh, something that you are you are giving them exactly what they want. And if someone wants a gift on their birthday, great. I think it's a little bit better to give it to them as a surprise. It's great to build that anticipation. It's great to to create meaningful experiences. But I guess uh, I'm just saying, you know, really when it comes to giving gifts, think about what that person wants. Mm. Not don't make it about well, you know, I'm going to give you this gift under under my you know, under my, uh, under my preferences or, you know, I'm, I don't know what the word I'm looking for there is, but, but yeah, uh, with your, with your family, with your friends bail, like, of course, like, yeah, if the, there are some people out there who have this expectation that you're going to give them gifts. And if that's the case, great. You want to do that for them because you love them and you want to support them and you want to support their preferences. Just go out of your way to find something meaningful. And if you got to probe a little bit, then probe a little bit to ask because there's, there's no shame in that. I, I totally agree. And there, there are like really considerate ways to probe people, right? Absolutely. And also there are considerate ways for you to express your preferences when it becomes your birthday, right? And, and so I find that what's important in this whole process, what we're both agreeing on here is, hey, let's communicate effectively with the people we love. Right. And if gift giving is part of that process, Ryan, you're right. If someone wants a gift, I'm happy to get them a gift. As long as it doesn't go against my values. They're like, sure. if they're like, hey, I want you to punch someone in the face for my gift. It's like, well, that's, that's right. not a good idea. Right. And, and so <laughs> as long as it's not against my values. And by the way, gift giving is not a value. It's simply a belief. Yeah. And I believe that gift giving can convey value, meaning mm -hmm. added value. I also th don't think it conveys love. Right. Uh, I, I think ultimately, maybe it's a step in that direction. But just because I get you some shiny widget doesn't mean I love you. Yeah. It means I could afford to buy you a shiny widget. Uh, real love, real respect is not transactional like that. It, it is transcendent. Yeah. And I think gift giving can be part of that process. However, I prefer if I'm giving a gift to gift an experience. You mentioned several experiences. We're going to talk about some other experiences in a little bit or gift consumables like coffee or yeah. food or apparently onion relish. Yeah. Bail, I'm going to send you yeah. a copy of our book, Essential. Uh, the sixth chapter of that book is an entire chapter about gift giving, how Ryan and I give gifts, how we receive gifts, how we turn down gifts as well. Also, um, one of my favorite essays that we've ever written in there is about love and the commodification of love. And I think yeah. that's ultimately what we're trying to avoid here. Avoid is commodifying some 
person commodifying an experience, not making it transactional. So if you like our podcast, you'll really enjoy the audiobook version of Essential. It's our longest book. I think it's a six-hour audiobook. Or if you want the book book or the ebook, we'll be happy to send those to you as well. Ryan, what time is it? Well, I was going to add one more thing. Uh, as parents, you can you can actually set that expectation with your kids. So someone who likes presents on their birthday, someone who likes presents on Christmas, like that's probably some kind of tradition or something that they've been used to. But as parents, like you can help your kids appreciate gifts any day. Like you have that ability to set those boundaries. Uh, you know what time it is, Josh. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed we do. We are at The Minimalists on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, during the lightning rounds, where Ryan and I each do our best to answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now you can find all of our pithy minimal maxims in one place. Minimalmaxims.com. Thanks to uh, our good friend Jessica Lynn Williams. All right, Josh. Sarah wants to know, what do you recommend as a course of action when it's considered rude to request a specific gift or request that the person not give a gift at all. It seems like a waste of time and resources to receive gifts that you do not need or want, but you also do not want to hurt the gift giver's feelings. Well, I certainly agree with that. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I think that's important, too. I, it's, what, what Sarah's doing here, she's being considerate. Like I, I'm trying to consider my friends and family, my loved ones, and that's part of the communicative process here. In fact, it's part of expressing yourself as well. And so what Sarah's trying to do is she's trying to get better at communicating with her friends and family and loved ones, and she's trying to get better at expressing herself as well. And it sounds like she has the communication part down. It's easy to say, don't buy me gifts. That's communicating something. But understanding the why behind it is expressing yourself. And so my pithy answer is a kind person is the best kind of person. Oh, I see what you did there. And what I mean is uh, you often when we just say no, no gifts. Sounds defensive. well, Well, yes, it does. And it when you do this sort of parody of it it's bah humbug right, right. That, that that's that's what people often hear when you say no gifts people are they hear bah humbug uh i'm i'm uptight no that's not being kind and so instead of saying no gifts is I really think the power of yes is so much more powerful than no here. What I mean by that, instead of saying no gifts, what are you saying yes to? What would you like on your birthday? Instead of saying, don't ever get me anything. I hate when you buy me gifts. That's terrible. They want to add value to your life. So instead of telling them no, what should they say yes to? What are the experiences you would get value from? And find ways to effectively communicate that. What's interesting, Sarah, is if you have people in your life who think it's rude for you to request a gift or for you to ask them not to give a gift at all, it's, I mean, it sounds to me like if that's legitimately how it is, you've got people who aren't really putting in a lot of thought with what they're giving you anyway. Mm. So, you know, having them give you, having, having them give you more effort when it comes to gift giving, you know, there's nothing that you can say that's going to magically make them want to give effort. But what I what I will say, my short answer is it's never rude to show someone respect. So even if someone does give you a gift that you don't like and you've gone out of your way to set the expectations, you've gone out of your way to to uh, uh, ask for specific gifts or to, to share your preferences and someone still goes out of their way to not respect your preferences, this doesn't mean you don't have to respect them, but 
yeah, take the gift, say thank you, and then go donate it. I mean, that's the thing. Like when some ultimately, if someone is giving you a gift, they want you to have a meaningful life, mm-hmm. and they want you to enjoy that gift. And if your life is going to be better without that gift, well, then if they really want to see you live a meaningful life, they'll be perfectly fine with you giving it away. But regardless, once they give it to you, it is yours. You own it. You can do whatever you want with it. There's uh, in that sixth chapter about gift giving here. Let me see if I could find this, Ryan, because this is this perfectly illustrates what you were talking about. Talk for a second while I find this. <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. So there was a question that someone wrote in, and this this essay is called Letting Go of Physical Gifts. The two of us tend not to accept physical gifts often. Sometimes it's hard to get people to understand this cultural shift. The best way to approach the no-gift-getting concept is to be proactive. We set the expectation with our friends and family that we don't need any more stuff. And if we want to... To, and if they want us to give gifts, they can get. Or they want to give us gifts. They can gift us experiences we will enjoy. They will celebrate our lives with us by spending time with us, not by piling on more stuff. Of course, most of us don't want to piss people off. We don't want to offend people. We worry about what others will think, and that is exactly where Sarah is right now. Case in point, we received an interesting email from a reader, Dina about Joshua's essay, Letting Go of Sentimental Items. And here's what Dina says. I recently started my minimalist journey, and up until now, everything I have let go of has been pretty easy. I just wanted to thank you for this post because it helped me see that we are not our stuff. I now realize I do not have to hold on to something in order to remember a loved one. Their memories are inside me. However, I'm having trouble getting rid of gifts. It's not me who has a problem getting rid of them. It's the people who gave them to me who might get a bit upset. I was wondering if you had any suggestions. I want to get rid of this stuff because I feel like it is holding me up from moving on with my new lifestyle, but I do not want to offend people. And here was my response to her in an email, and then I published it in this book with her permission, obviously. <laughs> uh, most pe- Here's my response. Most people won't notice or they won't care. Mm. A few might get offended, but that's okay. When I left my corporate job... Some people got offended. When I stopped checking email every day, some people got offended. When I said no to certain past commitments, some people got offended. When I untethered from negative relationships, some people got offended. We can't let these things bother us, though. I think our friend Julian Smith said it best. Yes, it's really happening right at this moment. Some people don't like you. And guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. No amount of coercion, toting, toting, or pandering to their interests will help. In fact, the opposite is often true. The more you stand for something, the more they respect you, whether it's grudgingly or not. What people truly respect is when you draw the line and say, I will go no further. Mm. They may not like this behavior, but so what? These people don't like you anyway. Why should you attempt to please them? And then, Ryan, the essay goes on to, to kind of just talk about, yes, we don't want to offend people. But if we're, if we're communicating effectively mm-hmm. and we're being kind, and as you said, Ryan, about it's never rude to show respect, if we're showing respect and they're still offended, well, then you can say, I, you know what? I did yeah. my best. That's I put my man. best foot forward. It's time for me to move on. I totally agree, man. All right, our next question is from Jennifer from Patreon. 
What does a minimalist birthday party look like? That's a trick question because there's no such thing. <laughs> Minimalists don't have birthday parties. Bomb <laughs> yeah, Ella, we so the, here's another thing that we did for Bex's birthday, which we were kind of pretending was Ella's birthday because we wanted to include her with stuff. Um, taking her out to do the the pony rides at Griffith Park, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's another experience, right? And I, our banker, um, he was telling me the other day about. Um, how he just like rented he wanted to do that griffith park thing but his daughter was too young so they rented a pony and they're like you know, their house in cheviot hills or something <laughs> he's like i i lived in texas my entire childhood i tried to get away from this and now all of a sudden my daughter's bringing it back in now all of a sudden i got a pony in my backyard right <laughs> and so ponies that's the answer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, my pithy answer actually is the best gift is the joy of less uh, I think less when it's done well is is joyous. Uh, we can all think of think of the overstimulated kids party where they it creates anxiety in a way. Yeah. Whereas the best sort of kids party or experience or whatever has the appropriate amount, but it's not overstimulating. It's, it's the appropriate amount of stimulation. So true, man. I was walking down the street uh, over the weekend and there was a birthday party going on. I could tell it was a birthday party because had happy birthday signs and stuff. They had like. Uh, the parking spots um, uh, marked off for valet, like you couldn't park there you, uh, during the day or whatever. But like as I was walking by, I hear like you know a bunch of people talking. You can tell it's a party. Not there wasn't one person that looked happy. <laughs> like it was like it, they all look like yes, we're here, we're at the party. I mean, you know, I, I just caught one glimpse of it, so I can't say that's how the whole party was. But you know, for something so big and and with so many people and so much decorations and you got valet parking your guest cars it's like <laughs> you would think it would be this you know it's total exciting yeah. party uh, but from what i saw it was not i mean it's again it was only one glimpse i got and that's not how a party is supposed to be right all right my pithy answer is this worry less about how something looks worry more about how it makes you feel that's so good. So, you know, uh, Jennifer, if you're wondering how to throw a minimalist birthday party, I mean, don't think about the decorations. Don't think about, uh, you know, the guest list. Like, think about the person who you're throwing the birthday party for. What do they want? And if they want some decorations, great. If they don't want decorations, great. Um, but don't make it about how it looks and, and make it more about how the experience feels. Yeah, and if you want to make it aesthetically pleasing it shouldn't be at the cost of the experience right, right. It, it 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 should not be a form over function the function is most important and then the form should should follow that yeah. ryan it looks like we have several more surprise questions this week about donating unwanted gifts what's the process for that about children's birthday party expectations and i know i know that's a big one especially for people like me who have young kids also about gift cards what to do with gift cards should i get gift cards also ryan i want to talk to you about what gifts you hate getting (laughs) and what gifts you get excited about are there any gifts that you truly get excited about i'm going to talk about my daughter ella's odd but hilarious birthday game that we played on bex's birthday oh my god like i can't wait to share it with you (laughs) and uh we're gonna play a round of underrated or overrated 
uh, where this is where Ryan, I'm going to come to you with just uh, an experience or a gift, and you're simply going to tell me it's overrated or underrated, okay. and then we can argue about it if we want to. Okay. Also, I want to talk about the 50 best experiences you can give as a gift. That's five zero. 50 best experiences you can give as a gift. And if you want to hear all that, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode, but each week Ryan and I record an entirely different long-form Maximal episode on the Minimalist's private podcast, which gives us the private space we need to talk about stuff that we don't usually talk about in public. Plus, Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast, keep it 100% advertisement free. When you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon, you'll receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You'll also get access to our entire back catalog of more than 100 private podcast episodes. You can find all the details and all the good stuff, including an additional private podcast episode every week over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Being informed is more important than ever. So I want to encourage people to read more and get informed. And now here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hi, uh, my name is Candice and I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. And I have a tip for the girl on your non-line um, podcast where she was talking about how she liked candles. Um, I am a minimalist and also a, I live waste-free. So what I do is um, I get a candle without any packaging um, from, you know, I'm really lucky because I have a friend who makes them, um, but you can probably get them from any craft store um, and then let it burn whenever you you when you like it put the excess wax that falls off um into a mason jar and then when that candle is done what i do is save all the wax and um microwave it um and melt all the wax and then get a new uh wick from a craft store and the candle lives on forever so you never have to buy a new candle um, and at the same time, you're, you still get to enjoy the pleasures um, of having candles. And it's worked really well, saved me a ton of money, and saved a lot of plastic for the environment. My name is Scott Wood. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I wanted to make a comment about a lot of people who struggle with family members who are not minimalist. Um, I'm new to the minimalism process. And how I got my wife into it, was to uh, to discuss each purchase a month ahead of time. We have a, a chalkboard. It's actually chalkboard paint on the wall. And we write down the purchases that we want to buy. So if we're walking through a grocery store or we're walking through um, a mall, which we really don't do anymore, but just for example, and my wife says, oh, I really want that book or I really want that blouse, or I say that, we go ahead and we write it on the chalkboard when we get home. So it's not a it's not an impulse purchase, and we wait till the end of the month. And the reason we wait till the end of the month is I'm in sales. My um my large commission check comes in at the end of the month, and my wife is in sales as well. So we have the means without going into debt, without using a credit card, to purchase those items. I actually put your book on my list at one point in time and had to wait 30 days to get it so I could read it. Um, but it's it takes away a lot of things. So I may put seven items on there the first month and by the end of the month I only bought one or two. The next month I may have three or four items. The end of the month I may have bought one. The third month I had nothing on the list and I was kind of disappointed but at the same time there was a little bit of excitement because what it did is it whittled down my 
my impulse need to buy, and I started looking at things differently. Um, but my wife, who wasn't sure whether she wanted to be involved with minimalism, or my four kids, who also used this list system, had begun to see the the benefits of it. We discussed a lot of pleasure versus happiness. Because you get these things and they give you temporary pleasure or a, a spike of joy, but then you get home and you rip them open or you 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 experience the book or you you play with the item and 20, 30 minutes, sometimes a week later, the item is just untouched again. So now there there seems to be a lot more deliberate process in which we buy things. All right, y'all, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. We're recording a podcast right now, and we love a gift from you. If you would be willing to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a honest review. If you enjoy this show, if you get value from it, we would get value from your review. And by the way, it'll expose it to more people. We don't want to beat you over the head with this. That's why we don't ask every single episode. A lot of podcasts I listen to, after their ads are done, they're like, make sure you subscribe and review. We ask once or twice a year. And so now's a good time, especially if you're a new listener or you're, maybe you're a long-time listener. You've gotten value from it for a while. You know what? Just hop on over to Apple Podcasts, find The Minimalist Podcast, leave us an honest review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails each week. For our added value this week, here is a gift for you. Instead of a song this week, let's listen to my favorite scene from season three of True Detective. It's my favorite season so far. Ryan, have you seen True Detective yet? I watched the first couple episodes of season one and... Okay. What, well, didn't didn't get into it. I think season one is a masterpiece. Uh, I think uh, so. The guy who writes, directs, created the show, mm -hmm. uh, Nick Nick Pizzolatto. He, I mean, it's all sort of self-contained. Beautiful writing. Mm -hmm. And you remember season one, like it was sort of parodies of it, like time is a flat circle and mm -hmm. all this stuff. There's some really beautiful, gorgeous writing, but it's not as overwrought in, in the third season. It's more subtle. And this scene in particular, it's a scene between, and there's no spoilers here, but Mahershala Ali is the main character. Steven Dorff's also in it. He's not in the scene. But Mahershala Ali, it's sort of three different versions of him. There's his 1980 self, his 1990 self, and his 2015 self. Mm, um, interesting. That, that it's sort of interspersed throughout this, this TV show, this series. But there's a scene in episode three. The title of the episode is called The Big Never. It's this two-minute scene between Mahershala Ali's character, Wayne, and his wife, who is played by uh, Carmen Ijogo. It is, man, uh, chilling. I'll play it for you cool. right now, actually. All right, y'all, if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Enjoy the scene from season three of True Detective. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Scientists now theorize an infinite number of dimensions outside our own. Einstein said past, present, and future are all a stubbornly persistent illusion. Oh. Oh, God. 
And are you waking up to that illusion? Now, while things fall apart, are you starting to see them clearly? And at the end of all things, are you awakening to what you withheld? Did you confuse reacting with feeling? Did you mistake compulsion for freedom? Please, it's not, not like, like this. And even so, did you harden your heart against what loved you most? Not like this. Not like this. Oh, sweetheart. Did you think you could just go on and never once have to look back? Please, I don't deserve this. I, whatever's happening, I, I, don't, I don't deserve this. No, you don't. But it's happening anyway. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Where is it? I... How much do I have to lose? Everything. Same as everybody else. Good old Speck. No, you didn't. Not the way you think. You're worried what they'll find. What you left in the woods. Finish it. <laughs>